Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to get get jumped. Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and TV shows and movies and whatnot of our youth to see if they're still worth a damn. Wait, what is happening? Blake, Blake, where are we? What? Is there somebody else here? Yeah, this is Childhood Remastered. What the hell are you doing here? This is Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. What are you doing? Well, this is Sean. And Chris. and, And this is Childhood Remastered. No, 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 no. I, I, I see what's happening here. Uh, we're, we, we're falling into a negaverse of Ninja Scroll, okay. and it's forced two different podcasts into one. Oh, Perfect. God, it's a, a crisis on infinite podcasts. Oh, wait, they already <laughs> did that. We'll make Whatever, it work. Let's just jump in. Remastered. So Ninja Scroll this week, right? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so who are you people? Well, we are a, uh, I guess we're a nostalgia podcast. Uh, we're both Southern California natives, and we like to talk about the cartoons and TV shows that we watched when we were kids. Yeah, we, we cover mostly animated, but some live action, and we're open to covering new stuff, but we cover stuff predominantly that is in the 20 to 30 year old range. Yeah, 70s, 80s, 90s, 90s. and some early 2000s. <laughs> we're like we're like a radio station, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just we, like, we've you just been like doing the become show, what, the new Casey Kasem? A year and a half yeah. now? <laughs> Welcome to the countdown. This is <laughs> oh, America's Kasem. Top 40. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been doing this uh, something like a year longer than we have, right? 80 episodes now? Yeah, we okay, were... Okay, and we're... This is... After we've recorded our 34th episode. So, yeah, it's about 50 more than us, which is something like a year on a weekly release schedule. Yeah, yeah. we've been a, a single episode a week uh, for 80, 80 weeks now. Yeah, every once, every once in a while we have a, we have a snafu where we don't release one. But, yeah, for the most part. I think that's happened once or twice. Yeah. yeah. It's all but, good, though. But, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's We'll it's doctor pay accordingly. Damn it. <laughs> so, What's 50% uh, of nothing? <laughs> So astute listeners to our podcast might have heard of them before because we've talked about them on our show a couple of times. Uh, so yeah, here here they are in the um, well. I don't know what the podcast version of In the Flesh is in the digital realm. Well, we sort of jokingly <laughs> refer to our fans as Flesh Bros. So yeah, oh, <laughs> oh <my> god, god. <laughs> it's actually uh, from a RoboCop the animated series. There's these guys that are they're anti-robot pro-human and like they're, KKK they're, they're modeled after the kkk and uh-huh. and so they they refer to themselves as flesh brothers so we thought it was like awful and hilarious so i jokingly said we'll call each other flesh bros and then we've just kind of been doing it for yeah. i don't know six or eight months brothers <laughs> that is <laughs> so ridiculously horrifying yeah it's awful yeah. no i uh I have not gotten that far in your show, but I did just listen to the coverage of the Legend of Zelda, the animated oh. series. That was one of was, our first ones. Yeah, that was, yeah, seven or eight, somewhere around there. Uh, I, I don't I, recommend watching that show. It's not great. <laughs> you know, uh, I've, I've actually, I've actually turned a page on that. I think that there's a certain charm that that show has. <laughs> that is a lie. You are, you, you are full of nonsense. Hey, it sounds like after doing eighty episodes of something, he's got a little bit of like Stockholm syndrome. From yeah, the 80s exactly. And 90s. Yeah, you know, I, like I think that sort of happens. There are shows where. Where I it's thought it's so bad, it's good. It's so bad, it's good. Or it's it's like become a guilty pleasure. 
We covered Gem over a year ago, and I, I've gone back and rewatched episodes because hey, that's, that show's great. <laughs> because damn it, the show is actually pretty good, uh, and yeah. I, ha- I have to admit that. So, what, what are we covering today? Yeah, so we had gone back and forth a couple of times um, after after meeting and chatting a little bit, and what we uh, we landed on was an anime that is uh, movie and older, but still sort of good, which is Ninja Scroll. Um, it's a 1993 <laughs> anime movie, and I, in classic Blake and Spencer Get Jumped fashion, did not do any research into this like I intended to. <laughs> So I don't know if there's a connected series of movies or shows. Uh, I don't know if this is based on a manga or had one spawned. I don't know anything about that. Uh, do you guys know? Well, uh, see, I, I I sent you guys some... Uh, I, here, I sent you a link. I, I built out some notes for us, and the, the movie oh, itself... <laughs> yeah, I, it's not that long. I think it's, what, like eight pages uh, that I built out, yeah, uh, something like that, eight or eight or ten pages, whatever. Oh, okay. um, a quick read, yeah, yeah, a quick read, yeah. He's nothing uh, if not thorough, yeah. <laughs> obsessive compulsive, <laughs> sure. So this this doesn't have a manga traditionally, but there is a anime series that came out in two thousand three, and I remember because yeah, the, it was only ten years later, the, right? And the girl that I was dating at the time and I sat down and like binged it when it first came out. There is a comic series that came out in two thousand six, and there's a a in development hell live action adaptation, and uh, there there is no like true sequel that that ever happened either. But, but it's not but based. Yeah. It's, it's it's not, not based, based on of, anything. It's an no. original work. Yeah, it's an original work. So. And that's not something you see very often in anime. It's, no, it's usually copy and pasted from a from a traditional manga. Yeah, right. right? Almost yeah, always, that, not always, but but almost always. I do think that uh, one of the main rotation shows on our our podcast right now, Cowboy Bebop, is uh, an exception to that rule. But most of the time, yeah, you're totally correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and maybe like some of the early Gundam or like Battleship Yamato or some of those older shows. Uh, that those I think you tend to find don't have a, a manga attached to them, but yeah, pretty much anything that's anime now that's popular, it, it had a it has a manga. Most right. of them, at least, just know. like just like Hollywood today, they don't like to make things in Japan that aren't uh, you know pre existing properties. Yeah, so it'll that's be actually like a, book, a great point, and then into a movie or just a remake of another successful movie that nobody wanted a remake of. Yeah, so. another Gundam. Let's yeah. do it. How many yeah. Gundams do we have already? <laughs> yeah, sure. No, that said, I, mean, I would love a good Gundam American movie because I think that would be sick. Uh, wasn't that a uh, Pacific Rim? Yeah, wasn't that Pacific Rim? Yeah, but that didn't have as many politics. Um, Wait a minute. Pacific Rim is, like, really, really close to G Gundam. Do you remember that, Jim? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, G Gundam was late 90s, I think, right? It's hard to yeah. tell, because every, every, whenever we watched it was, like, seven to ten years later than it actually came out. Yeah, Gundam <laughs> Wing was on T- Cartoon Network in the U.S. in, like, the mid-late 90s, and... And I think it came out five years before that, like early '90s, right? Yeah, or just like uh, the dra- just like Dragon Ball Syndrome, where I I was watching it like in the mid '90s, and that's what '89 or '88, something like yeah. that. Well, Dragon Ball, I think we talked about Dragon Ball before, like on our show, and uh, the original Dragon Ball was on cable access here. We're in Southern California, we're we're in Orange County, and it was played on the LA Orange County local access mm-hmm. in the like the '80s. Yeah, so at, like we did, five I did morning. get to watch Dragon Ball back in the late '80s. When I was a kid, so uh, 
The, yeah, the, this this doesn't really oh, have wow. any other projects attached to it except for the the mini the thirteen episode series which I've watched before and I would absolutely recommend. It's the only the only visually just a lot of eye candy. The only thing that I saw when I was doing because Chris does his research and I usually just uh, milk that. But uh, I, I do some I do some of my own independent he does sometimes separate stuff. A lot of times you're, it's more of the trivia and yeah. and that kind of stuff. But uh, you're the, the only thing that I found that was remastered. in some way related or, or that had a, a bearing on this show was that the the character of Jubei is actually based on a folk hero in Japan. Yeah, Japanese folk hero. So oh. that could be that could be the uh, the the origin, or that's probably the origin of this, which is probably why it was able to be made because it'd, it'd be like. I don't know the equivalent of America. Like, let's make some gritty <laughs> drama with like Daniel Boone or something. Or <laughs> yeah. that sounds awful. Let's, like, let's do an anime about Paul Bunyan, and we can yeah. turn his blue ox into a mech. You know, it's funny it, you sort of mentioned that. There's a new show that's I on just created Amazon. Zoids. You guys, <laughs> have you guys seen the the Jean Claude Van Johnson on what? Amazon oh, Prime? No, it's ridiculous. Oh my god. So it's fantastic. What it is is it's a sort of a Jean-Claude Van Damme is a a in this show, he's a hyper-realized version of himself that he so he plays like a weird version of himself that turns out is a front and his real character is Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which is an undercover CIA operative who uses what? his work in film to actually do like spy work and super secret ninja shit and so in this mo- in in this TV series in the pilot that that they'd made he decides to go back into acting to get back into spy work and the movie that he does in his first like film back is a action like hardcore action like gritty action version of the story of Huckleberry Finn <laughs> oh my god <laughs> So they have Miss Polly pre- prepare to burn in hell. So so what's crazy about it is he he is I think uh Huckleberry Finn and then Tom Sawyer is this like scantily clad woman and then they have Jim who is you know in is has, his name has the n word expletive as part of his name and that's actually yeah. Yeah, like a big uh, to do in the in the show where they sort of like poke fun at the fact like how do they how do they navigate that and yeah so they take this film that they're filming and in this like hyper gritty realize like there's like an axe fighting scene and all this but it's Huckleberry Finn yeah like, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen uh, it just, yeah, yeah I know I just like a big plug for it Amazon but... so believable yes <laughs> yeah yeah like that's the part about it that's just insane anyways yeah that's like a big side jump there so. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's Not that we get, ever uh, do those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get down to the the nitty gritty ridiculousness that is Ninja Scroll. Sure, um, because it starts out in just the most ridiculous way. <laughs> it's awesome. The Actually, bridge scenes. Here's the thing about Ninja Scroll for me, and I said this to Spencer earlier when we were getting all set up, is that Ninja Scroll is really good and really bad at the same time. Just in different parts. Yeah. Well, before we... Really quickly, did you guys ever watch this when you were kids? So do you, do you have any memory of this? No, oh, this no. Is the we first both time watched I, it for the first time. Yeah, really? I watched it this morning for the first time. That's what oh, I no did. Kidding. I woke up. Okay. I, I took my morning sabbatical and I watched this movie. 
Well, I I definitely I, watched this movie way too young. Yeah. This well, is, Sean and I are both about 35, so we watched this, I think, back when it came out. Yeah. So that would have made us between 10 and 12 years old when it's, we saw it's it. It's the first anime DVD that I ever owned. Oh, okay. wow. See, I had it on VHS in probably like 95. I remember. Now, uh, for our listeners, VHS is what people used to use before DVD was a thing. If back in like the old timey more, times. Yeah. You can watch that episode of Cowboy Bebop where we talked about exactly this. <laughs> but yeah, this was, I had, I remember the, I had like the, the first five anime DVDs that I had. It was like this one, it was Bastard, it was, uh, I think, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I had this and Cowboy Bebop, like it was like two episodes or something on a, on a VHS. <laughs> and then I, and then I had, and then I had, uh, what was it? Uh, the original Vampire Hunter D. Uh, the yeah. first one from the 1980s. That's also a gem. Yeah, that's one to cover because it's both good and bad at the same time. I think I benefited from my mom when when I when I first saw it. I, I I'm pretty sure she looked at it and said like, "Oh, it's animated. It's fine." And I benefited from that because <laughs> yeah. there it couldn't have not, been any. Mom. They, yeah, there couldn't have been anything bad with. Oh, it's just a cartoon. Sean Sean was immediately exposed to the world and felt all kinds of things oh. and stuff about animated. <laughs> no, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me one of the other ones that I had was I had the Street Fighter the movie the the anime. Oh yeah, that, that was, was that was another one that too. I had too, and it's it just like the the Chun Li shower scene reminds me of the awful scene yeah. in this movie. Yeah, Ugh. not not child appropriate at all. But no, we watched it anyways because you know why not? Yeah, <laughs> I was expecting this movie to get fairly adult, but it got adult in a way I was not anticipating. Yeah, oh, it got yeah. adult real real hard, real fast. So yeah, that's suddenly. hard. That's that's a hard R. Yeah, <laughs> cut to it's adult. Yeah, yeah. This so, movie is actually sort of it was something interesting. Is it's it's in this uh, period sword fighting. Uh, genre of movies that, they, that is really popular in Japan. They kind of yeah. come in waves, you know. I think it's called Jiragaki Chanbara, and and it's a like an amalgamated term that refers to two different genres together, like so, spaghetti western. Yeah, like spaghetti western. Okay. So it's like a period sword fighting film. That uh, yeah, yeah, it's sort of interesting. And oddly enough, we mentioned VHS. That one of the production companies is JVC, which is the creator of the VHS. Oh my god! Oh. Yeah, and Toho also, and Movic and Animate—they all uh, produce this movie together. It, it was also interesting to me because it—it's a movie called Ninja Scroll, full of ninjas, but no scrolls, and the main character's a samurai. So I was <laughs> thrown by this. Yeah, it turns out like all the ninjas are not nearly as good as the samurai. Well, yeah. but yet everybody, but it's all about ninjas. Ninjas and samurai right. are mortal my- enemies. One of my favorite things about this, too, is that, like, as soon as it starts, it introduces, like, okay, so going ahead and jumping into the movie, there's, like, this badass fight scene that's on a bridge, and then they talk about, like, a plague that's happening in the city, and then they really don't talk about it enough to wrap it up by the end of the movie, so there's this big giant plot point at the very start, and it's just like, what? Well, they 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 mentioned at at some point that the plague isn't actually a plague that the yeah, that the bad guys poisoned poison. the well and killed all the townspeople to make it look like a plague. You, you have to yeah. understand. You have to understand that that Ninja Scroll is is just a sequence of action scenes that's <laughs> that's wrapped around a super flimsy plot just to progress to more action scenes and permeated yeah, with scenes the, of like hyper violence. The goal is literally. Rape 
the goal is literally money. Like everything <laughs> happens because of money. Yeah, and that's that's like literally the most basic tried and the plot, true. I, I won't of necessarily all. argue against that plot point. I, I not that I I don't think that the world doesn't sort of work sadly work that way, but. but but, like, this is a sort of, like, weirdly realized version of it. Well, the plot literally exists to push Jubei to the next scene where he can slice someone up. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's the only, it, that's the only reason that the plot exists. Because if you, <laughs> I mean, you just watched it this morning. What, what were the, what were the, uh, what were the bad guys trying to do? What was their end game? They wanted um, to destabilize the country so that they could seize power and rule as a shadow government. Yeah, what? <laughs> what? <Okay. laughs> so and you don't find that out till the last like five minutes. I am minutes. the Shogun of the Dark. And you're yeah. like, and then the guy's like, oh no, I want to take out the Shogun of the Dark. I want to rule everything. And you're like, wait, what? What? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, they, uh, they also want a boat that is also a city that also is filled with gold. And also, what is happening at the end of this movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that bridge scene in the beginning, I will say, is animated really, really cool. In yeah. a way that's really cool. The, the the guy who's essentially in a like a wooden mech, I want to say, like with a gun. That caught me so off guard. Yeah, he's like, so he comes Gundam in with this wood. like he comes in with this really sort of <laughs> deep voice. Yeah. And then yeah, so so some guy busts out with his wood style jutsu and makes a Gundam. Like I don't understand what the hell this is. But but he no, and then he's he is, got a he's gun. definitely a puppet user if he's anything. He's oh. he's from the land of oh, yeah. sand. That's a good call. I I but, just yeah. don't speaking, it was speaking cool of though, Naruto but... references. I could see the influence here. Like this movie definitely played into what became Naruto. Like I'm not oh, trying yeah. to say that this was a precursor at all in like no, a direct no, but it, sense, but Clearly, Kishimoto watched this and took some in- inspiration. Well, yeah. and I think that's because this is actually a very sort of uh, famous and sort of beloved animated, uh, adult animated classic. It won the 1993 Citizens Award at the Yubari International Fantastic Film Festival. It has a 93% of Rotten Tomatoes and an average rating of 7.5 out of 10. You know, what's It was funny? one of the most popular animes outside of Japan during the 90s along with Ghost in the Shell and Akira, and the North American video release sold 70,000 copy- copies by May of 96. Yeah, you know what's funny is this This movie is actually this movie is actually less popular in Japan than it was in America. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like in, in Japan, in Japan it wasn't nearly as popular as it was in America. No, well, I, I can, I will I can say, see how people in America love violence and also ridiculous sexual innuendos and stuff. Oh, it's so sexual. And, but I, it is a movie that I've heard of basically since anime became popularized. People were like, oh, have you seen Ninja Scroll? Ninja Scroll's really good. So I, this was definitely on my radar for years and years and years. Yeah, so it's e- sort of easy, I think, to see how this movie influences other stuff. You know, yeah. when it's an early precursor, it's going to influence like the way that Akira did or Evangelion influence other things or yeah. Ghost in a Shell, Ghost in the Shell, or to some small extent shows like Initial D influence car culture. Oh, uh, Initial D. I know it's your favorite anime, Sean. <laughs> it's not um, my favorite, but what I, I, I love I, Initial I, D. I, I, don't I, even drove care. A, I drove around pretty stupidly to the uh, soundtrack a lot. Oh, I have the soundtrack in my car right now. <laughs> In a large CD booklet in my glove box. Yeah, because I'm old like that. (laughs) The struggle. So much judgment is being rained down from Portland onto your (laughs) own. 
<laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, we we don't get much rain down here anyway, so we'll take it. Oh, but <laughs> Oh God! Now Dad they're talking everywhere. about. <laughs> well, anyways, so the next thing that happens after this this uh, fight scene on the bridge, where a guy that is much smaller than the suit that he's wearing hops out and gets attacked by uh, our main character Jubei. Um, is that we go to Plague Village that is uh, going to be written off in a very minor conversation, it sounds like, later on in the show. Yeah, they there's a woman who's got like boils or something on her skin. She wanders into this uh, adjacent village, and they're like, oh, that's what's-her-face from that village over there. And she is dying, and she says something about, like, everybody's dead, there was a plague... And then she falls down dead. But you also, it's like really cool. You can see that she's being controlled because it keeps Mm -hmm. cutting back and forth to this other mouth that's like in shadow and kind of like some dude hidden in the bushes uh, and is like mouthing what she's saying. So like she's probably already dead and he's Mm -hmm. just using her as a parrot. Yeah. You know, when you, uh, when you talk about the, uh, the Naruto the influence from this. Yeah. Like there, there are the puppet masters. There are, yeah. there, uh, the, the, uh, you end up finding out the, uh, the group, the Kihon monsters, the, the demons of Kihon, they're all, uh, they all have like weird special abilities. Yeah. Sort of, sort of like those, they all have different kinds of jutsus. Okay. Yeah. Right. It felt so much like the precursor to that. And it, it was really cool. And that was one of my favorite things about the movie was seeing all... I mean, I guess that's kind of the whole point of like action anime like Naruto and Bleach and stuff like that is seeing what the cool powers are and how they fight each other. Yeah, and except except for the one guy. That. Except for the one guy, the blind the blind guy. He didn't really have a power. Yeah, his, yeah, power his power is was the worst daredevil. <laughs> yeah. He's good at being blind and also thinking a sword for some reason is a different sword. You stupid blind guy. <laughs> Use your eyes. I like oh, that. He's good. He's good at being offensive. blind. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else got a mystical power and his was just loss of sight. Yeah. So the next thing that happens in the movie is uh, all of these people from this, like, it's like one, uh, another sort of hidden village. Um, all of these ninjas, I think they said they're from the Koga clan. Yes. Um, they get sent out to go attack something or find out something. I, they're there I to investigate the plague. To it. Yeah, it was the plague. They wanted to go check out the plague village. Right. And yeah. and then they they end up getting caught off guard in the forest and they get like raffle stomped by this Lit giant up. guy covered in rocks who has yeah. a massive Darth Maul style sword that he can throw like a boomerang that, like, chops trees down and cuts people in half like they're made of butter. They should have just used a water yeah. attack. Yeah. They would have had type advantage. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. It's, there's also, it's there's extremely also, like, effective. This, <laughs> yeah, bubble there's, attack. <laughs> <laughs> there's also this, like, this this guy that's in love with this other woman that's another ninja that's with them, and he has the ugliest face that I've ever seen. And there's about to be a guy that's, like, made of rocks that is also awful, but this guy has, like, a straight-up moon face. Like, <laughs> Well, rock guy, whose real name is Tessai, but we can also call him Ben Grimm, it has basically <laughs> taken everybody out except these two characters. And he's and... giant. He's, like like, 12 feet tall. Yeah, and he is uh, ripped as hell too. By the way, yeah, he's for no reason impenetrable. They fire some like uh, kunai or um, some shuriken at him, 
and he it just bounces off of him because his skin is basically stone hard. I did want to say that that scene where where the guy with the ugly face tosses the shurikens, the the scene where the shurikens are being animated as hitting the tree. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment and just mention that that is really well done. Like, honestly, like, yeah. I, I, I had to stop and notice. I was like, those are individual splinters. And Sony took the time to animate, like, popping out of each shuriken hitting the tree, you know? Yeah. And they're all, the, the shading and the lighting are all animated really well on those two. Like, it's just like a high level of detail that, like, they really could have just said, eh, F it. But they didn't, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like so that's the thing. It's like face, visually, they do not cut corners in this at all. No, it's great. And we actually, Spencer and I, just finished talking about the Cowboy Bebop movie and just kind of the idea of oh, anime movies. Oh, the fight scene at the general. end of that movie is like all kinds of just <laughs> so awesome. good. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't believe us when we talked about it in that episode, go watch it, you people listening. For, for serious, just go watch it. It's on YouTube. It's so good. And the, the fight scene in, in the uh, convenience store with the coffee. Yeah. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I haven't watched that movie. It, it's just what 20, 2018. I haven't watched that movie probably since two thousand four. And I, well, it's I time. yeah, I definitely yeah. remember like distinct uh, sections of the movie. It's absolutely good, like just fantastic. But yeah, but yeah, the, the animation amazing. in this is is not something that they skimp on at all. Mm-hmm. No. So Hansa is Moonface guy's name, and he and uh, the woman is, is Kagero. And yeah. so Hansa and Kagero go to attack Benjamin Grimm, and they are just immediately ruined. But uh, thankfully, not fatally so. At least, not immediately. Well, her not so. immediately so. Yeah, right. Uh, because Ben, arms, ben Grimm picks up uh, <laughs> our ugly face dude by the arms, rips them off, and then drinks the blood out of his arms. Yeah, that really. That like, gave me pause, and I thought we were taking it up a notch, and then the movie was like, wait, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, you know, he throws this thing that chops people in half, and you're like, okay, like, this is cool, this is going to be one of those animes. And then he rips the arms off and just drinks the blood out of it, like like it's soda. Uh-huh. Uh, it, like, like, and it's just like, day at the soda fountain. dripping yeah. down his face, and I was like... All right, yeah, this is where we are now. I think right. the, the, yeah. best, he, the best he part said of that's... from being eight years old at the time. Oh yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen. No, yeah. the best part well, of that scene I thought was is when when he's doing that when he's drinking out of the arm, he's staring right at uh, Kagura. Yeah, he's like, I'm <laughs> oh, he's just yeah. real hard. He's just, <laughs> it, it's super inappropriate. And then so... and, and you know that's not where the inappropriateness ends, though. No, because that's just that the start segues of it. into the next scene. Yeah. So oh, after man. he rips do- Ugly Face's uh, arms off, he captures her and takes her into this shack. Basically, yeah. his his Unabomber lair, and and just he, a, just, he went to the warehouse district or some shit. <laughs> yeah, and then he uh, I mean, decides he's going to enjoy himself uh, without her permission, and it's uh, maybe way more graphic let's, than I let's was not, expecting. Let's not judge too, too hard. Let's not judge too harshly. Let he who has not taken a semi-conscious woman into a dark warehouse somewhere cast the first stone. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be like throwing to minis. That I, will, I will toss <laughs> stones then all day. Oh, okay, okay. I guess everyone's a saint. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're getting overruled here. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, so, it's, so it's a very rapey scene where he yeah, takes advantage of her, uh, and then she tries to wrong. fight back. And we've he, talked. Uh, 
<laughs> We've talked yeah. on our show a couple of times about things that are not okay or uh, lines that are crossed on the consent spectrum. It comes up occasionally. This one is not ambiguous. This, this scene is, is about actual, as far past right. that line as you could probably find for an anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, There's, please, you, if you can go further past it, do not let us know. We're fine. Well, oh, wait, wait. There is, is that. There is that. That anime where they fight each other with their butts and their boobs. Have you seen that one? <laughs> no. It's like a. It's like a battle royale type show where these two women like they're fighting on like floating platforms and they're like like hitting each other with their with their breasts and their butts. Um, <laughs> It's the yeah. Somebody sent a somebody was like, "Haha, this is ridiculous." And sent a link to 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 it, and 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 I watched it. And was like, "Why did you send that to me? I didn't need to see that." <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's the wonders of the internet. Japan, for all of its greatness, uh, falls short sometimes. It's called <laughs> it's called kaijo with like ten exclamation points. Oh, the the one that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah where where yeah, see. Yeah, in case so, you wanted to look it up. Yeah, yeah anybody out ridiculous. there that was listening and was like, this sounds pretty sweet to me, now you have a pass. Yeah, yeah. there's some weird stuff called. out there like Yaoi on Ice or the the one where the guy it's bakes Yuri bread with on his hands. And, <laughs> yeah, there's I some mean, all- I guess in a way it's Yaoi on Ice, but not until later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess. I, I don't know, I haven't seen it, but th- this, yeah, so this this scene is... Is pretty crazy, but at the same time, it does give us a little bit of uh, setup and information it's, in a way that we don't realize yet. Because yeah, it serves a purpose. Yeah. Because when it is he, relevant. essentially when, well, I don't know if it was worth it, but but it does compel the story. So I right. guess in that sense, it, it, it fits the narrative. But he he apparently the Ben Grimm can get rid of his rock skin, <laughs> and and so when he does, so he's more like Colossus. Yeah, he's kind yeah. of like. Like a rapey uh, rock colossus. So like Ultimate Universe Colossus. Oh, oh wait, yeah. never mind. He was yeah. gay. Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And he was pretty put upon. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's true. It was a joke. Yeah. So the the <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> over two. I don't I don't know if 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 it makes it better that I, I don't know if it makes it better that when he's gets rid of his stone skin, um it like makes him invulnerable, and so therefore that's ultimately what does him in. Like that sort of made me feel a little bit better about the fact that although he was rapey with her, her her ability sort of is that she is poisonous to anybody who touches her in a sexualized way. And I thought it was just anyone who touches her. Period. Well, I think it's yeah. it's, it's it's more it's implied be mucous just, membrane. Yeah, I think it's mucous membrane and it's and, lips or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and so because he like gets rapey with her, he essentially kills himself without realizing it, because mm-hmm. because it poisons him. But he's so like big and rock strong and whatever that uh, it doesn't hit him right away. And eventually, Ju- Jubei is in the in the room, right? And he tosses right. a like a throwing knife and takes out this guy's eye. And they go Which him and the so chick go sweet. running off, and then they he's he like, encounters oh, you're later. invulnerable, but not everywhere." And he just gacks him in the eye, and it's awesome, <laughs> like I, a boss. I think, yeah. I, I think the version that I watched the the subtitles said something to the effect of, "You can't be hard everywhere." Yeah, that's what I saw. <laughs> 
And that's when he <laughs> that's when he gangs See, him in the yeah, eye. That's that's the subtitles that I read. I was like, you can't be hard everywhere. Wait a second, where's this gonna go? <laughs> yeah. Because I thought we were already at the bottom. And then it's Yowie on ice. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh so um uh oh god, my notes are all over the place here. So Jubei and <laughs> Tessai have scu- t- sorry. Tessai is Benjamin Graham. So uh, they have scuffled a little bit and managed to escape from him. And he gets Tessai is chasing after them, but he gets stopped by uh, sort of classic anime effeminate dude. He's like dark hair, pale skin, sort of soft spoken, and vaguely effeminate, uh, and actually all but explicitly gay. Eventually. Which is another trope that we've talked about before on the show. Um, this guy's Yuri Maru, which I think is Snow Shadow, even though his powers have nothing to do with that. Um, yeah, I always like, thought it was chill. interesting. The like in Japanese anime, and it's still sort of like a common thread where um, there's it's like if a character is uh, gay, then he has to be this like semi-female effeminate character, and if it's a yeah. if it's a female character that's lesbian, they absolutely have to be this like uh you know viking looking uh woman with a with a super deep voice except for sailor moon yeah except for sailor right. moon right yeah unless unless lesbianism is the point right unless sailor it's the moon. point yeah it, which i mean i guess it's sort of like a product of its time you know 1993 if you think about it yeah so you also it, see that i mean that the idea of the effeminate gay villain is also prevalent in Western media too. Um, oh yeah, no, it's it's totally a, a common trope. But I think yeah, you I see think it it's more, more coded in, anime in than, Western than media anime. and in in Eastern or at least in anime, it really is like at the forefront. You see it a lot. Yeah, you see it all the time. So there's no yeah, there's no guys that are just like not effeminate, uh, but happen to like by happenstance are gay. Where like it's not the whole point of his character. It's like they make yeah. that his. It's like okay, we'll put in a gay character, and you're like, okay, but did you have to put him in a dress? And they're like, yes, of right. course, right? And you're like, no, but they're like they're like they're having the production uh, uh, okay. meeting. They're like, we'll put in a gay character, and you're like, okay, well, what's the character like? And they're like, I told you, he's gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they're just like, he literally floats across the screen. It's yeah, yeah. Puri princess. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I just I just finished watching uh, One Punch Man because I hadn't watched yes. it before. Finally, yeah, the, good. the Puri Puri prisoner. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that that character was freaking great. It's hilarious. He's so good. Angel Dash, Angel Dash. <laughs> so I love when I was watching that. Uh, Joy walked in. My wife walked in. And she's like, "What the hell are you watching?" And I was like, One Punch Man. She's like, ah. she just walked away. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, yeah, the, the, the super effeminate gay, gay villain in this ends up actually not, they, they allude to him being this like super ultra powerful bad guy. But when it, yeah. but when he actually gets into like the fray, he gets taken out pretty quickly. Yeah, and in a really cool way. Uh, in a cool way, yeah, but like he gets taken out pretty fast. He gets yeah. Game of Thrones out of this story. Yeah, he's real. built up a lot, and then they swerve. So, so after they break off the uh, the villains and the good guys inside of this, um, the main character, which is I, I sort of take him as uh, as 
kind of like the best human in this. And he's trying to be like a good guy at all points. Yeah, he's an archetypal like, character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, Whereas she's just like, I'm going to go home and tell my lord what happens to it. And the lord's just like, he does not care. <laughs> no, he's busy fucking. He's distracted. Well, this is, there's a lot of sex in this movie. And this is, uh, it's I like fine. The, the look that she gives him, like, when it's happening. Because he's like, he's like mid-coitus. And yeah. he doesn't even pull out to, to have a conversation with her. He's like, no. he's just like, he's falls deep and he turns to talk to her sometimes. and he just like has this conversation and yeah. she's just sort of irritated and frustrated. And then he goes back to doing what he was doing and she gives him this look of just sheer, just, just death. Maybe the she, death stare. Maybe she's jealous because she can't ever have something like that. See, I was thinking that she oh, was. Oh, that actually is a valid point. It, it's it maybe part of it, but I think it was also the fact that like she just finished getting raped. So, oh, that too. Maybe, oh, yeah, yeah maybe there's a little PTSD going on. Uh, yeah, that yeah, does probably. put a damper on the rest of your day usually. Um, well, at least the first half of the day. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm no. I, so I, sorry. I, she should. She should honestly have been frustrated. The, like angry with him the whole time because that guy mm-hmm. sent her off, and she gets. You know, she gets raped, and then and then like the her lord doesn't even care. He's yeah, just like, she okay, go back to everyone she knows and works with dies. Yeah, and n- yeah. there's no like concern for her at all. Um, yeah, it, yeah, but, it, it's uh, sort of a weird. Uh, that was, I think, my main f- fault with this film was that the sexual parts were justified in the narrative, but like it felt like this. This film felt very like teenage boy like it is yeah lots yeah. of fights and then sex and it just flits back and forth between the two without so like a whole this, lot of purpose right so like she has this rape scene and it is plot relevant because he because he does that to her he weakens himself and it allows him to die in like the next scene or two right but, but the plot could have been like, to, could have been pushed further without it it yeah, would literally it, it they say necessary. later yeah you can't could even have just kiss kissed her, her without that happening something. yeah so there's a lot of stuff that happens that's just real all the way, and they could have pulled back a little bit and uh, met the same effect. Yeah, I from feel a like the edgy is what they were going for. Very much so. So if that's your thing, you probably will enjoy this movie. If you don't like that kind of stuff, maybe maybe not for you. Hey, that's why that's why like thirteen year old me loved this movie. Yeah, thirteen year old me loved this movie. Adult me is like, I'm good. Yeah, straight yeah, you know? teenage guys will probably love this. Yeah. And 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 the I will say that the the fight scenes like the next fight scene after that where Ben Grimm and Jubei uh go at it, that fight scene is uh is actually really really well animated. I mean the the yeah. the care that was put into that scene is is pretty high. Uh well, I, I thought that was really cool the way that and like his skin starts to crumble and all of this yeah it was it was awesome yeah there's but before m- that even happens though there's there's also a genjutsu fight scene um between like the snake woman um and uh and Jubei because he yeah. gets he gets uh, oh, yeah, that forcibly does first yeah, he gets forcibly recruited by the weird old guy that Dakuan <laughs> He is uh, the most ridiculous character inside of the, <laughs> the entire movie, and there are a lot of ridiculous characters in this movie, including a guy who has a bunch of bees that live inside of him. Odd, so. odd point is uh, that 
that Dakuan is the same voice as Piccolo Daimo and Kamisama from Dragon Ball. And he's also oh, the original really? Japanese voice of Colonel Campbell from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yeah. This, this guy's getting around. That's probably why he's so ornery now, because he's been so busy. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so Jubei tries to attack the snake woman that's attacking him. Wait, um, this is really cool. He's in a hot spring, and she is just there suddenly. And mm-hmm. she is covered in snake tattoos that then come alive and try to attack him. And yeah. it's pretty baller. And, and he, like, is slipping into despair as this is happening. Like, they they change the color palette of the screen. And then you see him, like, slipping into the water. And then he gets, like, hit in the shoulder with a shuriken um, kind of like, like wake him, him out of it. See, I thought yeah. that he was being hypnotized. I thought that was yeah. her. That was her well, whole Genjutsu. deal. Yeah, that was her whole deal. Is that yeah, she can she could hypnotize yeah. you and then like poison you or something? Yeah, yeah. But so he's got, got by that. Powers. He's woken up by a, an unexpected shit again, and then uh, he takes out the snakes and is about to take her out, but then it turns out that her skin was sloughed off, and it's just a shed skin, which yeah, is she also another away. brilliantly animated moment. Yeah, yeah she has skin it's really jutsu. cool. It's a skin, it's a skin jutsu. clone. It's like what's his face, uh, Orochimaru? I don't watch enough. Oh yeah, Naruto. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, there's a podcast for that actually. Yeah, somewhere I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll have to look it up. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, some assholes are watching that show. <laughs> yeah, Sean actually gave me a hard time uh, last year because I like binge the shit out of Naruto. Okay. And so I watched all of Naruto and almost all of uh, all of Shippuden. Shippuden, and I'm almost done with Shippuden. I, I like I got burnt out because I went through like I don't know four or five hundred episodes in a couple of months. Yeah, that's and, a lot. Yeah, and so then I got burnt out, and so I had to take a break. I like to pre- I like to pretend that I don't like anime anymore. But then, like, I'll get a show that I like, and I'm like, oh, and I just binge the crap out of it. You're like, oh, I don't, yeah. I'm too old for anime. It's and then not you're e- just like, oh, wait, this is on. Oh, okay. It's not even that. <laughs> I just, I just pretend. I'm like, yeah, losers. Yeah, and then you watch. And then it. secretly in my bunker. <laughs> yeah, you're like your inner Weebu comes out. And- yeah, <laughs> I think back to all the wall scrolls that I used to have in my room and the. Yeah, I had a wall scroll for this movie actually. I did too. Yeah, yeah. The, so that was is- it. Was a different time. <laughs> You just wanted to revisit the uh, the wall scrolls of your youth. That's yes, where yeah, the Ninja right. Scroll comes from. It's the wall. That's scrolls. that's actually correct. Yeah, Ninja Scroll was actually. Uh, it's it's just a it's just a ploy to sell scrolls. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, the name of this movie is just a marketing ad. So yeah. the so the dude who hit him in the shoulder with the shuriken is an old crazy guy with a big domey hat named uh, Dakwan. And here's his deal. He's like, hey, you just killed, um, you killed Tessai earlier, and uh, now she's attacked you, and uh, the thing is, they're going to keep trying to kill you. There's eight of them. This is a bad situation, but uh, I'm working against them, so if you want to help me out, that'd be swell. And Jubei's like, nah, I'm, I'm all chill. And then Dakwan's like, well, here's a fun fact. You're being poisoned immediately right now by that shuriken that I threw at you. And you're going to die, so you have to help me anyways. My favorite part after this is that Jubei, like, stabs the old guy with the shuriken that he's holding in his hand. And he's just like, not that shuriken. Uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word. Yeah, your shuriken is in a different town. <laughs> well, like, my question is, is when did he switch it? 
When did he switch I don't it? Know. Ninjas. He said he threw it away, <laughs> so I guess he did one of those real quick anime things where they didn't animate it, but they tell you that it happened. Yeah, like every time Jubei swings his sword, and also for some reason he's cut other things, but you never saw it happen. <laughs> well, it's too fast for you, Spencer. Too fast, too furious. I think I think there's something about uh, <laughs> Jubei's skill is that he can cut things with just the uh, with just the motion of his sword. It's like the the wind. Yeah, like, like a wind blade. Like he can, yeah, like he can create like yeah. a wind blade with his sword and and chop stuff. But I like how uh, I like how Duquan doesn't give himself a whole lot of time. What does he say? He's, he'll be dead in a, in a day and a half or something. A day and a yeah. night. So much happens between then and now. Yeah, we got we got a serious like freeze of five minutes and the planet will blow up situation. Yeah, oh, it God. really and then is. Twelve episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now they're on this quest, I guess, uh, and a hero's Doc journey. Wan, yeah, he's done his refusal of the call, but now he's being coerced into it. Um, mm. We see Yuri Maru, who's the effeminate guy from earlier who is having uh, one of those things where when you live next to your best friend and you put cans <laughs> on the string, um, he's doing one of those with a guy except named for, Genma. Except for you have to put the string in your mouth and the other person's uh-huh. mouth, or it won't Which work. I don't know why it doesn't make your mouth all garbly, but it doesn't. I guess that's Yarimaro's power, is not having garble mouth. Yeah. yeah. So... Then there's a woman, and I didn't catch her name. They say it, and I didn't write it down fast enough, so I know I everybody's name but her. I don't remember, honestly, but she's the one who's got, like, bandages and, like, oh, scars and stuff. Is she the, yeah, uh, she's, is she the, 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 uh, the, the explosion chick? The gunpowder she's one. zombie, yeah. zombie suicide bomber girl. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so grateful for subtitles, because if it weren't for subtitles and things like this, I wouldn't know who anybody's name was. I think her name was, uh, Sakaki Hyobu. I think that's what the, what her name was. Come on, Japan. Give us some names that we can pronounce. <laughs> I don't recognize that from my notes, so let's go with that. Or it's Utsutsu Mujuru, so I'm not sure yeah. which Now, would you is. know offhand if that's a male name or a female name? No. <laughs> I think some... Sakaki is a female name. Yeah. Okay. I would not know. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna say it. But Man. in the in the like, interest of the way that this this uh, this anime movie is uh, structured, though, let's just jump to our next fight. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. That's basically exactly the the next fight is actually pretty cool too. Is that Bugman? Uh, yeah, I think so. Right. He's um, full of bees. Bee man. Yeah. Hornet. Well, Japanese guess, hornets. Yeah. Japanese that's, hornets. There's a. There's a quick fight. It's not really a fight, but they're Dakwan and Jubei are walking along, and they, um, Ju- like Dakwan falls down a hill, and I don't know where the fuck this hill was, but he just falls down it all of a sudden, and Jubei doesn't notice, even though the man screams the whole way down, and then he, <laughs> he gets attacked by this guy named Shishima, who's like a shadowy guy who can like oh yeah merge into shadows. in and out of shadows. He's got a big um, claw on a chain. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And um, he, I think, is the person that was controlling the body earlier, even though he's not the one with the zombie powers. But, like, yeah, the way so that his up. mouth is animated, because he does control Kagura later. So I think he also is able to control people. Um, so I think he made the woman walk into that village and say that there was a plague. Anyway, he attacks uh, Dakwan, who manages to slip out of his clothes 
quickly enough that he seems to vanish and uh, Shishima can't find him. Yeah, we learned Dakwan's power, which is I can turn myself into basically anything that is uh, weird and bent around, like a stick in this situation. Yeah, he's kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it was animated really well, too. Because at first... That you're like, well, where did he go? And you're like, oh, well, that tree branch looks weird. It's got to be that. And then, of course, yeah, it's that. But at the same time, like, you could see how the bad guy missed it. What I don't get about Doc... Yeah, they earned it. Well, I, what I don't get about Doc Juan is that he, he calls himself a spy, right? And that would make sense if he was a spy to have that power. But his power. staff has... But he's a monk. Yeah, his staff... He has a monk staff that is super with loud. Bells. Like, yeah, with bells yeah. on it. And and he... Someone refers to him as a monk later on in in the movie. So, like... They- I would think that putting bells on your staff is not the best idea for a spy. Oh, yeah, and he... he- <laughs> He chats That's me. He yells but. at Jubei a couple times, telling him to be quiet as he's clang, clang, clanging it with his staff. It's like you're oh, gonna yeah. give it. You, yeah, he got mad at at one point. He got mad at them for yelling, and his staff is clanging away. Yeah, when he yeah. when he when he reveals when he reveals uh, Genma, he's like Genma. He's like, shut up. What's wrong with you? Clang, 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 clang. <laughs> well, anyways, so. Our main characters, including um, the the old man and our uh, samurai friend, um, they are attacked by a bunch of bees. And no, Kagero... the bee isn't there. This is uh, the Benny Sato fight. That's the snake lady. She comes back. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that one happens first. Yeah. It, oh, oh, that's, that's right. right. And Doc falls down, and then Jubei's by himself. He runs into Benny Sato, who's the snake lady with the tattoos from earlier. And yeah. this and is he... when Kagero comes back into the story. And comes I up forgot. behind her with an with a sword, and then yeah. Benny Sato has a snake drop out of her between vagina. her legs out of her vagina <laughs> I, and bites her on the leg. I, and pretty, I was like, yeah, I, I thought that was the implication there. Yeah, I mean that was the implication. Witchy woman. Uh, it's very yeah, it was very odd. Uh, not as a gay that was man, a surprise. I just assume that that is a risk for any and all vaginas, and I stay away from them whole cloth. <laughs> well, I think in your case, it's understandable. <laughs> sometimes, so, sometimes the snakes are real. Sometimes they're just metaphorical. Sometimes yeah. it's a risk you're willing to take. <laughs> so, uh, so he uh, he doesn't actually end up defeating her. Um, he's about to start a fight with her and realizes that she's not going to be able to stand up to this. So her boss, who has like lightning powers, has wrapped a string around her and just electrocutes her to death to yeah, keep her from that, giving away her secret. That guy is Yuri Maru. He loves string. He's he must he should have been animated as a cat. We can let's recut the movie, but with Yuri Maru replaced by a cat. I'd watch the, it. The whole, the whole so time much. he's the whole time he's just on his back, like playing with a ball of string yeah. as he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing too is Yuri Maru is is yeah. in love with uh, Himuro Gemma, and uh, Benny Sato had w- was like his was the main villain Himuro Gemma's lover, so he was jealous of that. Mm. I didn't get all that because I didn't pay attention to anything but the fight scenes. Oh well, <laughs> yeah. They're they're like it, there's like a love triangle. Yeah, there's a love triangle. Cause, cause so Benny Sato is bisexual. Is, yeah, Gemma is is bisexual. So Benny Sato is is his lover, and uh, Yuri Maru is jealous of that. Yeah, mm, or yeah. Yuri Maru is shown to be jealous. Bees. Of that. <laughs> yeah. So the bee guy's <laughs> name is Mushizo, and he's a giant hunchback of Notra bees, and. <laughs> 
and his back opens up and there's a giant hornet's nest. Oh yeah, and uh, we also learn Kagi uh, Kagura's other power, which is sleeves that put out petals. Yeah, yeah, they did not connect that very well, and it was a really interesting power that just kind of did what it needed to do, but never got an explanation. It, it was a sort of uh, momentary deus ex machina. Yeah, mm, for right. sure. Sleeve of sex machina. They're like, well, we need this thing to save the day, and we don't have anything else to propel the story, so we'll just give her this power that's unexplained, and then we'll never touch it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so She's already a poison chick, so like... Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So, like, she's a poison-type Pokemon, and she used a, a sleep uh, a sleep powder, right? Is that, she, which, you know, she's that from the grass. Koga clan, which is the poison gym leader. Yeah. So. Poison. Oh, yeah. She's a butterfly. She's a Venusaur. No, she's a... She's a Venomoth. A, yeah, Venomoth. Venomoth. Yeah. And she used sleep powder. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it all fits together, you guys. That it's scene with the hunchback is kind of cool, because as he's sending the bees out, Jubei, like, takes off and, and runs under the water to escape. And then he uses his like wind blade to cut this tree in half and cut it, to cut the guy's leg off. And then when he ends up in the water trying to get Jubei, the uh, the bees start stinging him inside of his body and kill him. Yeah, yeah. right Which after he awesome. shoots a spike out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like yeah. called it the throat dart. Yeah, something. I like how the I like how the other characters <laughs> provided that narrative uh, drive right there to the throat dart. <laughs> and they're like, what? And all. Then, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that it's I mean it's like it's visually cool. The fight scenes are cool, but it's just so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's really it's imaginative and cool enough to get a pass. Yeah. Uh, and, and like it's if it animated was, beautifully, so it's great. If it was just a bunch of jump cuts from fight scene to fight scene, I would have just been satisfied with that. Yeah, and it almost is at different parts of the story. We're kind of in that section, because you may remember from earlier, there are eight of these characters in this 90-minute or so movie. Yeah. he's got to kill all of them. Yeah, and then the next yeah. one is the blind guy. Well, before we move on, I have to say that that, that guy's, uh, the, uh, the B guy? Ushizo, uh, his back really triggered my, uh, I had to look up what it was called, the, uh, Tripophobia. Oh, that thing that fear, always gets posted online. The fear of holes, of a bunch of holes oh. just pushed together. You know, think of like a lotus, uh, like, like a, a lotus root. Yeah, or uh, or yeah, it's just ugh, it's creepy. <laughs> There's yeah. also before they get to the blind guy, they see um, Hanzo, which was ugly moon face guy from earlier, who had his arms torn off. He's just there suddenly, and he's walking towards this cliff edge with his Kagero, mouth shut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Saw 4 fashion, he's been sewn shut on his mouth. And Kagero runs after him to stop him from jumping off the cliff, which I'm like, girl, he's dead. Like, we know this. But she tries to stop him. (laughs) And then he starts to explode, and Jubei manages to save them. Uh, This was um, Can I talk about the string moment? (laughs) (laughs) Jubei's string. Yeah. So Jubei's string. That's the Dave Sex Machina. It's a huge plot point. Yeah, so he has, like, this piece of string that's attached to his sword, and he gets, like, caught up inside this tree, and they catch each other, like, as they're falling, and then Jubei holds on to this piece of metal string and climbs up it, and he, like, pulls Kaguro to climb up it, too. How are nobody's hands getting hurt from this? <laughs> they're not wearing well, they're any ninjas. gloves. Well, it's, yeah, it, but- it would absolutely, like, flying off of that and getting getting caught 
like like stopping yourself from falling, it would have just sliced through his fingers if it was oh, made yeah. out of metal. No, it's if it like was whole... if it was regular string and it's and it stayed, it would have sliced through his fingers. Yeah, it's like the whole argument about like Lois Lane getting caught by Superman. His arms would just cut her in half. Like <laughs> basically, yeah, I I, uh, I I don't know how they like how the 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 producers like mentally explained away like a wire wrapped around a guy's hand and not cutting it off magic, but, uh, how magic, do they explain that away to themselves magic ring or magic like, string like somebody was like oh yeah it's going to he's just going to use this string and they're like but oh, won't that cut his hand off it's like no no it's fine don't worry about it but it's a thin well, he he beat Ben Grimm earlier so now he has the power to turn his skin into rock cuz he went to that boss fight first so oh. Mega Manning him? So he's Mega yeah. Man now, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Anyways, let's get on to our next fight, which is between the blind guy and our main character, Jubei. Um, blind guy's name is Mujiro. Mujiro. Yeah. There's not much to this fight. It's pretty It's pretty coolly animated, um, but it, it really ends sort of anticlimactically. Like, it looks like it's going to be, like, this badass fight team of swords, and then it's just, like, the... Swords hitting swords, hitting swords, kind of thing where they just like interchange the same clanging over and over again. It does. It does showcase a good moment of um, Jubei being clever and thinking on the fly. Yeah, yeah. He the thing is, so this guy is, is daredevil, so he can hear you, and he basically has like a perfect radar sense around him because of his hearing. Um, and he is attacking Jubei. Kagero comes to save him and um, doesn't really help, but she gets her sword stuck in a piece of bamboo. And so Kagero, or sorry, uh, Jubei uses this to his advantage and maneuvers around so that when, uh, when Mijiro, or Mujiro is swinging down at him, the sword stuck in the bamboo will parry it so that his sword can get through. And that is how he beats Mojiro. It was it's pretty it's cool. kind of a cool moment. You know, I I looked at this and maybe I just looked at it wrong. I I was like, man, that was dumb luck that he just wound up in that same place. I didn't think that he had planned that, but he probably did. I was probably just giving him not enough credit. Yeah. Not enough credit. Yeah. I think sometimes the line is blurred between anime heroes too. Like sometimes they very clearly plan things ahead and sometimes it just sort of works out that way because so, the, because he was like he was want. he was still he was still angry at her for interfering afterwards yeah well and i think it, as you said some not just that the lines are blurred so much as i think sometimes the creators move the goalpost too right so yeah for you've sure. got characters like like if you're talking about this movie or say naruto or whatever where they'll do something that it looks accidental and it the it's completely shown to us to be accidental and then they'll do a 5 minute flashback to explain that it was intentional and they essentially yeah. retcon the accident so that the so that the hero never looks like he does something by accident it always looks intentional even yeah, when it's this not this can be done this can be done really well or really poorly. I think an example this so this has not necessarily been proven or at least I haven't seen it be proven. But an example of this, um, I suspect that this is what happened with Harry Potter. I think that by the time book 3 or 4 came around, JK Rowling knew where she was going, 
I don't think she knew that in book two, that diary was a Horcrux. And right. I think uh, she yeah. just figured out that it fit with the theme and that it would fit with the story and make it more enriched if oh, that yeah. had been a Horcrux. Yeah. Um, so this can be done really well, where it makes it look like whether or not I planned this all along, it really looks like I did. Yeah, True. I, I think sometimes you run the risk of it becoming a trope, too. Right? That's sure. So, like, in this case, it almost felt like it, it was cool. And it was done well, because it sort of showcased that he was like, well, you know, let's see if you can hear me, you know, with the trees falling and everything else. So it sort of makes you feel like it was intentional, like he had done it on purpose, he had planned his way over there. But there was nothing showing that it was that way. And so you're sort of just left to assume that it was an accident that they decided to retcon. Yeah. Right. Well, anyways, the the story then goes to two different plot points um, that that seem a little bit injected. Um, but I guess they needed to move the story forward somehow. Um, one of them was that uh, Jubei and Kaguro sort of have a love moment. Um, like he's saving her and suddenly she doesn't care about her boyfriend that just exploded. Um, and then <laughs> they also talk about like the gold that's about to be transported on a ship. And you need to know that because there's going to be a ship scene coming up. <laughs> yeah. There, I think, so, well, and it's also shown ahead. at this point that... We also find out that Jubei can be cured of his poison uh, if he sleeps with with Kagero. <laughs> with more poison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> poison defeats poison is essentially what it is. That's yeah, not this how this works, the, you guys. This was the adolescent boy uh, apex for me, where I was uh, like, yeah, of course I the, the way thing. to solve his poisoning is to fuck someone. Like... Why I, wouldn't it be? Well, because of course, if you're 12, like you'll have sex with the doorknob, so like you don't care, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I mean, I think it's important to note too that at this point in the story, I think that Kagura and Jubei have known each other for two days max. I, Even no, less. like I was gonna Damn. say like like 18 hours maybe. Yeah. 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 And and they're like all of a sudden there's this shoehorned love story where she's falling for him and he's having feelings for her and it's like it's like a, essentially a work meeting and like you're falling it's, in love with the person across from you like during a one yeah, a single day work. I meeting. do kind of feel that this might be a little bit of a cultural divide as well because I think in Eastern culture there's a little bit more of an element of like I respect you and that's why I'm into you like. In Western culture, respect is a really important part of a good relationship. But in Eastern culture, I think that they there's so much more a focus on like what I do has like importance. Like it's what makes it's, me me, and it's it, a romantic it's what drive. Makes me valuable. Well, and I think that's also sort of um, part. Not not that it's actually how people think. It's so, more so that it's a romanticized vision of how people think. Right. Right. So because like uh, there is this sort of importance placed upon uh, drive and ability and that as being a primary driver of romantic love. Right. As though like how good you are at something equates to your ability to be in a relationship, which is crazy from our perspective. 
But but at the same time, it's actually not necessary. I don't think it's so much that way, so much as that's the way that people romanticize it to be. Well, yeah, it's a, so, it's a huge movie trope where you'll have two people that are. And well, I can't remember the I can't remember the movie, but they actually called out the trope in in some movie where this happened, where you had uh, you had two people who were in a life threatening situation. And they ended up together at the end of it, and they were like, you know, you know, it's a great basis for a relationship, right? Surviving a life-threatening situation, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 I think there's also you also have to look at this from the perspective of one. This was what twenty five years ago now, right? So oh this God! Is, so this is essentially no fifteen, fifteen, right? Sorry, no ninety three. Ninety three. Oh my god. Twenty five. Yeah. So this oh, is my life is slipping away from me. We're old now. <laughs> yeah. So this is twenty five years ago. One. So that's going to be a, a cultural divide in and of itself, just through time. Um, yeah. And then oh, two. God, so you, much of it. Two. This was compl- almost completely going to be animated, directed, produced, created by men who essentially manly men. Well, probably not, actually. Probably most likely these are animators and guys who live off of ramen noodles in an office building 18 hours a day. So men in tights? Uh, no, so very <laughs> lonely men who idealize that their hard work is going to equal sex. Oh, tight right? tights. So they, they've sort of um, – it's, it's almost like uh, wish fulfillment, uh, like fantasy uh, enacted on, on screen. And did you not get right? what I yeah. did right there? No, no. I, I, I missed that. <laughs> I said men, manly men, in tights, tight tights. Oh, God. This has been we rub around the forest the looking for fights. Fights, fights? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Anyways, let's get Jesus back to this Christ. ridiculous movie. So, so um, uh, the the shadow guy ends up stealing away uh, Kagiro, um, and he takes her away and, like, does his mind control power in a, a really uh, Which uh, is real rapey. Yeah. Super rapey. Yeah. And it's then there's a gross. Jubei fight that happens afterwards, which ends in my favorite way, which is like he's controlling her. Um, he's hiding in the shadows. He like grabs a hold of his sword and like Juve is just like, you're attached to my sword. Okay, I'm just going to let go. <laughs> if you want it, then you can have it. Yeah, I don't know if he thought that one through very well. He like literally his whole plan was to grab your sword. But then if he like lets you have it, he kills you so don't <laughs> plan that way well yeah too late now he did yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, and butts and so kagura's just like you can get rid of this by like being with me and she like offers herself to him and he's like no i'm too good of a guy i'll just die of this poison and yeah, she's he like, doesn't say that but he also doesn't sleep with her yeah, it's a sort he, of he like gives her noble a re- warrior. Yeah, he gives her a real friend zone hug. He's like, no, uh. like, yeah, and then walks away. <laughs> he like hugged her from the side. Yeah, and then it, yeah. So, side hug with like two slaps on the back. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. all right, buddy. Oh no, <laughs> it's okay, call- friend. He called me buddy. <laughs> then there's after this. There's a kind of like a breaking of the ways. Um, they are, are trying to figure out what's going to happen with uh, this, like, shipment onto the ship. Remember, there's going to be a ship. And then um, Kagero goes to, like, talk to her feudal lord and then gets stabbed in the back by this guy. And I love when his, like, transformation scene from looking like the feudal lord back to looking like himself as his face, like, puffs up into this gross thing and then, like... St- Turns back into it this sort guy of who blows looks up like, like a half-inflated balloon and then sucks down like a like a vacuum seal. 
It's yeah, kind he, of like Illumi from Hunter x Hunter. Yeah. And he looks... Yeah. He or looks Hunter like Hunter Lo- for all of our sensitive listeners out there. <laughs> he, I'm he sorry. Does, trigger warning. A Hunter x Hunter. Yeah. Does anybody else think that this, this like... This villain guy, whatever his name, Genma, with G. Genma, 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 looks like he—he he kind of looks like um, Dolph Lundgren from. Yeah, the, uh, he does Rocky a little movie. bit. He actually reminds me of the guy from Fist of the North Star. Oh yeah, if you've uh, ever seen yeah. the guy that you are already dead guy. Yeah, no, the 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 hero. Yeah, 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 Ken. yeah. He, okay, he, I thought you meant he the tells guy people that they're already yeah. dead, and then he. They do. Then they yeah. explode. I, I thought you meant the, the big do. fat biker guy that he kills in the beginning. People don't yeah. think it'd be like it is, but it do. <laughs> <laughs> so Anyways. it turns out the whole the whole thing with Himura is that him and Jubei have a history that they worked on this project essentially like years before, uh, dealing with a goal a secret gold mine, and they were part of the same clan. Yeah, and Gemma was gonna betray everybody and Jubei took him out and th- by Jubei, decapitating him by decapitating him and so when we see him or Gemma he's got the scar across his neck where he where his head has been reattached and it's sort which of which they a, never explain how he gets it, it like how he gets like body healing power well there's a scene there there's a scene where he gets his arm chopped off and he picks up his arm and puts it back where it's supposed to go and then it just sort of chunks back into place yeah with no scarring yeah. either so but like how so does maybe made of legos yeah <laughs> maybe they uh they were trying to pick up his body and sort of piece it back together so they could bury him properly and then he was like no i'm still good yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a cool power. It, it makes him, like, massive hacks, though. Oh, yeah, he's immortal. Yeah. 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 I mean, the first thing I so, thought of was, like, okay, you cut his arm off, so cut the other one off, cut the head off, and then put him in separate boxes, and then you're you're fine, right? Yeah. So, I reattach in, that motherfucker. Yeah. That's so, right. So, enraged by, uh, by her getting attacked, he first kisses her right before she dies, and then he kills a million ninjas. All of these ninjas that so like chase much. after him are just like disposable. trying to attack him, and he just murders all of them until he somehow gets caught inside of like a noose of string and starts to get electrocuted by the electric ninja you, Yuri Maru. Yuri Maru. Um, but so then Game he, of Thrones happens. Yeah, he like is standing in a room and he like looks over and he sees a rat, and then the rat just like falls over and you see it's sewed up, and then he just explodes. <laughs> Well, yeah, so Sakura apparently zombie quote, chick accidentally has, blows him up during his fight with Jubei. Oh, accidentally. Yeah, Zombie yeah. Chick has hated him since the beginning of the movie. They well, have a she rivalry. apparently doesn't like him because Yurimaru has rejected her. Right, because mm. Yurimaru is, is all, gay. all but confirmed to be gay, and she is mad because she's been rejected by him. So she's a woman scorned, and she's going to explode him using a rat. Yes. Like, like you do. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, like I was going to say, the... the uh, the the love story the classic love story of betrayal yeah i mean we all in middle or high school have been exploded by a rat or two in our time well you know it's that classic story of girl falls in love with boy boy falls in love with boy girl gets mad at boy and blows him up with rat right i mean that's yeah. just i think that tale I, as old as time i think that was a movie starring reese witherspoon right and like in the mid oh, i thought that was a Dis- one of the disney ones you're thinking uh, of sweet home been. alabama oh uh, well whatever it's all the same right it's the same plot it's the same plot <laughs> So, so Yuri Morrow's got our last, our last <laughs> villain here, the last of the eight devils of Kimon, well, is Zakuro. 
Yeah. Right? Right. That's that's the zombie girl. That's right? Explosion girl. Explosion girl. Explosion. Yeah. Yeah. So she meets Doc Wan and he's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I was hoping to see you. And then pours like oil uh, on her so that she will be flammable. And then he turns around with a candle, and <laughs> as he spins, she throws a kunai that puts out the flame, which was but, so cool. Yeah, yeah. It was but super luckily, cool. Jubei also has a candle, and he like he's like, yeah, what a metal down. And she yeah. explodes the entire ship. Um, and Genma, who's upstairs, has like killed the Shadow Overlord so that he can become the Shadow Overlord. Yeah, and that's then when James Bond's the, villain speech. Yeah, right. He ex- he explains. Uh. <laughs> We've there's a child. Not anymore. This is not something that Blake and Spencer get jumped. Usually has to face head on. <laughs> Anyways, so we're getting to the end of the movie, which is a um, huge fight scene that is in flames in the bottom of the boat um, between Ginma, our main villain, and Jubei, which is our main hero. Um, there is a lot of cutting off people's body parts and then getting stuck back together. And also, he has like the sweet chainmail thing that he has on his arm. Yeah, he so he's got with. a Full Metal Alchemist arm, and they're having a fight in that scene from the Deadpool movie, and then it resolves itself with the end of the second Hobbit movie. It does. Wait, no, yeah. no, no. He t twos him. He like he he like throws him into the gold that's become molten, and then he yeah. tries to jump out of the molten thing, and he like kicks him back in. And then as his yeah. hand goes down, we like take a long shot of it. It's exactly t two. <laughs> it's t two, and then it yeah. That he's uh. he's molten, or he's not molten gold anymore. And he's just he's a statue that just sort of sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. which is pretty fucked because this guy revives. So from what I can tell. He will be living inside of a an encased statue version of himself made of gold at the bottom of the ocean, slowly drowning, coming back to life, and then drowning again forever. Hooray! That sounds awful. Yeah, True. I don't want to do that, personally. Which, which I, I assumed that any kind of sequel would deal with Genma coming back somehow. Yeah. But we, yeah. we haven't had a sequel yet, so... Well, there was the anime series, though. One of you had watched that, right? I have watched the anime series, and I I don't actually. Um, I think I, then it, it deals with something else. It deals with different characters. I mean, it deals with Jubei, and I think uh, what's his face, uh, Daquan. Docker. Yeah, Daquan. so yeah, he is in it, but but the Daquan. <laughs> Daquan. But Gemma isn't. I don't think Gemma is in it. I don't. I don't believe Gemma is in this. Yeah, it's it's like it deals with other some other plot. Yeah, it's uh, it's him like going on other journeys. So it's like Gemma is down there, and that's it. Like, oh, yeah. Cut, like, and now that everybody is dead at the end of this movie, instead of wrapping it up like a normal person would, um, you have like Daquan jumping away after getting like his piece of gold he was going to steal, and then well, just like Jubei walking that into he the. He was going to fucking work over Jubei. He's like, "Oh, you can come and get your hundred Rio that I promised you in uh, Edo." And then Jubei like slices his his coat sleeve and a piece of gold falls into the ocean. And Jubei's like, that's going to count as my payment. Now don't ever come and talk to me ever again. I don't ever want to see you again. And then Daquan is like, oh, that's cool. I was going to I was going to fuck you over and kill you when you came to get your money. And then he leaves. Well, and then he's and like, then oh, you know, so you're not even going to make it off this ship anyways. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. 
And then he immediately does get off of the ship. And yeah, just, can, he obviously did it by riding the swimming horse that he took to get to the ship in the first place. Do oh, yes, horses that? can swim. I forgot about that. Horses yeah. are apparently excellent swimmers, which you wouldn't think to look at them because they don't have any webbing, you know? Yeah, they're hooves. They've got little cups on the bottom. It's probably fine. I ever, guess. They're scooping. You ever they're seen elephants swim? Hooves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good like point. That. So, well, anyway, we, yeah. we've had a bunch of sort of, <laughs> I, I think we've had a bunch of sort of parallels between this and Cowboy Bebop. Uh, one of the other ones I, I wanted to mention really quick is that the the um, character of Jubei is done by Koichi Yamadera, and he is actually the voice of Spike from Cowboy oh, cool. Bebop. Okay. Yeah. And Beerus from DBZ and Ryoji from Ava and... Uh, Togusa from Ghost in the Shell and a bunch of other stuff. I, I just I thought that was interesting because we've talked about Cowboy Bebop kind of all day today. <laughs> but yeah, you but guys that's are like another have to go watch it now. Yeah, that's a, that's another parallel there. Ooh, yeah. But anyways, it is uh it has been a uh, ridiculous movie and uh, good to have y'all on. Well, at it the end has of the day, been what, a red dawn. What did you guys think? <laughs> yeah, did you guys like it? Uh, like <laughs> I'm gonna repeat. I'm gonna repeat what I said earlier. I think that it's a good movie and a bad movie at different points. Yeah. Um, I think the adolescent boy factor of it works really well in the fight scenes. It made me think of my favorite fight scenes from Naruto, but without any of the pacing problems or filler issues. It was oh, just so all the filler. good stuff and yeah. nothing yeah. else. I would say I could do without all of the sexualization of the women, the damsel in distress syndrome, and the rape. I could do without all of that. Yeah, I could do yeah. without all of that. And, and I would, yeah, yeah. I, I would say that like the best way to watch this movie, if you're planning on watching this movie, is to look up like a uh, a supercut of just the fight scenes and watch yeah. that. That would literally be three quarters of the movie. Yeah, yeah, you would see almost the entire thing. Yeah, um, and the plot—it's there's not much. They fake a plague so that they can steal some gold. That is the plot, and there's a love story that doesn't really work, and that's all. That's all you're yeah. missing. You know, and there's a, there's another anime that that this, that these guys did. If any listeners out there have seen uh, the guy who directed this, uh, Yoshiaki uh, Kawajiri, he also did Wicked City and Vampire Hunter D: Bloodlust. So Wicked City is very much sort of um, hyper-violent. Uh, it's like a near future where humans and demons coexist and it's police work. And it's very sort of violent and gritty. If you've seen that, this will sort of, uh, I think, feel familiar. If you haven't seen this, uh, I would definitely kind of go along with what everybody else said. I could 100% do without the, the rapey, creepy awfulness. And just do a supercut of the of the battles like that. That would satisfy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't know. It, did it propel the the plot along? Technically, yes. But could it have been done without it? Sure. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't regret having watched it. Like it, do- it no, didn't no. overshadow it for me. Um, but it was a little unfortunate. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, stick with us. Uh, we have some uh, credits after this. and Yeah, uh, but before uh, that, um, what do people need to know if they want to hear more from Childhood Remastered? Oh, yeah. 
Well, you can uh, you can check out our website, childhoodremaster.com. Um, we're we are on, self-hosted. Yeah, yep. self, self-hosted. self uh, We're on all the social medias. You just got to search for Childhood Remastered. Uh, we release every uh, Thursday, typically, mm-hmm. um, with occasional bonus episodes just sort of spattered here and there. Yeah, but but we do a lot of listener requests. So if you have a request that, of something that you want us to cover... Uh, send it our way. We do email. We do a voicemail. There's a voicemail that you can call and leave a message on our website. And uh, most of our requests, I think, come in through Facebook. If you want to join the conversation with the other commenters and stuff, you can feel free to go over there. Uh, that's probably a good place for us to to get in touch also. But, yeah, right now our episodes are planned out uh, full of requests from now until, I think, the end of May. So, but we it, reserve the right to change the uh, the plan, the, the lineup at any time if we get something that we really want to do. So exactly, cool. Yeah, well, it's great. Been it's been uh, great to have you all. Wow, on. such a good job, Spencer. <laughs> oh my God, he's never going to let it been down. Such a great. <laughs> he turned so, into Dogo. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was really fun, guys. I'm so glad we got to do this. Yeah, we could definitely do it again. This was yeah, this, I'd like this that. is fun to do. So. Uh, so we're if open. you guys liked it, let us know. Um, you can contact us using all the shit in our outro that you are about to listen to. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform.